Hello everyone, my name is Brendan Miller. That noise you're hearing is my ventilator, and welcome to Wub Rat Wednesday on Gage Turners They Were Not, my Star Wars podcast. Wub Rat Wednesdays are when we discuss sort of Star Wars in a very encyclopedic manner. In the last few weeks, I have been going through each planet that we see in the Star Wars films, or major planet, in order of the film's release. We have now arrived at Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Now, early in the film, we see places like Wolvani, and the Ring of Gafreen. But we don't see those long enough for me to really talk about them. The first major world we see is the planet Jedha. Now, as I mentioned yesterday and on Monday, this is prequel week. Rogue One is a prequel. Therefore, it does fit in the context of this week's theme. So let us begin talking about Jedha. I am going to try to stick to what's in the movie. There has been some things said in other sources. But as a rule of thumb, I like to stick with what we see and hear and learn in the film. So let's begin. Jeddah is a desert kind of world with deserts and mesas. Uh, there are some interesting things like the first time we see Jeddah in the film we see a giant toppled over statue of what looks like a Jedi. This would seem to suggest that Jedi had an important connection to the Jedi. Now we learn that Jedi is a source of kyber crystals. As Jin Erso mentions in Rogue One, Kyber crystals power a Jedi's lightsaber. There is a temple in the Holy City, which seems to be the only major city on Jedi that we see, called the Temple of the Kyber. And the Empire has been digging, digging up and taking away many kyber crystals. Basically stripping the planet of kyber. The blind monk Chirrut Imwe and his bodyguard Vase Melvis are guardians of the wills according to Cassian Endor. And the guardians of the wills were guardians of the Jedha temple. Which is, which is the Temple of the Kyber. 
But apparently there was nothing left to guard as the Empire had taken much of the Kyber. So we get that. And I think that's interesting. And I think the Holy City is a beautiful, beautiful city. And I love the design and I love all these streets. You know, market streets, people selling their wares. People cooking strange and exotic foods. Aliens and humans and people in various strange outfits and robes. Like those guys wearing the red robes who look like they're part of some kind of religious order. I love the look of the city. It reminds me a bit of something you might see in the English patient or Patton. A sort of a North African city occupied during World War II. It's got that kind of vibe. So I think it's, it's just absolutely brilliant looking from that perspective. Now, also on Jenna, of note is Saw Guerrera and his partisans. This is the character played by Forrest Whitaker in Uruguay. Who, as a side note, we were actually first introduced to on Star Wars The Clone Wars, fighting a similar guerrilla war on its home planet of Andra. But let's stick with sort of what we see in the films. We know that after Jin Urso's parents were killed, she went with Saw Gerrera and basically joined his cadre. Cadre. If I'm saying that right. Later, when Jin was released from prison by the rebels and taken to the Elven Four, they wanted her to establish contact with Saw because they knew that Saw had a connection with uh, with Galen or something. I think I made a mistake earlier when I said both of Jin's parents were killed. Her mother was killed. I don't think she knew what happened to her dad. Other than that he was probably taken. Jin had always assumed that he didn't care that much about her. That he had left to join the Empire. That hollow transmission he sent to Sagarera demonstrated that his feelings toward Jin were he still loved her. And he went away because he had to, not because he chose to leave her. So Galen Urso was working on Edu on the Death Star working on plans for the Death Star and, and other details. Other Imperial projects as well. He sent the cargo pilot, Bodhi Rook, with a message to Sagarera. The Rebel Alliance leaders, Mon Mothma and others, knew that there was a connection between Galen Urso and Sagarera. 
So they wanted to establish a connection with Saad so that they could connect with Galen. They sent Jin to work that out. I like the look, for one thing, of the hideout where Saw's partisans are. Sort of carved out of the rock, ancient temples and stuff. And I like the look of Saw and his partisans. They have a very, uh, sort of insurgent look. I like that. So all in all, I think Jenna is a beautiful planet. And a lot of very interesting things in the story happen there. Then of course, Tarkin and uh, Director Krennic tested the Death Star super laser on the holy city of Jenna. Which also destroyed Saw's hideout and Saw himself. And then our heroes, of course, escape from Jenna to plan their next move. But it was on Jenna where Jin learned of the weakness in the Death Star that Galen had built into the reactor. This is, I think, a brilliant move because it explains a little bit of how shooting a torpedo down that hole could blow up the Death Star. So if you ask me, it would have made a little bit more sense for the Death Star to blow up when it first used its super laser. But if that had happened, then you wouldn't have had a story from the original Star Wars film. But I guess it would have been more logical on Galen's part. So it was on Jenna that we learned of the weakness. And we also learn from Galen's transmission that the plans for the Death Star could be found on Scarif, which gives our, our heroes their mission for the plot of Rogue One. So Jen is a very interesting world. I find it very interesting visually looking. I find it interesting in terms of the story developments. I like some of the music that plays there. I I, I don't think Michael Giacchino's score to Rogue One gets enough credit. Now, I don't think it's as great as some of the other scores. But there are a couple of pieces, like the piece when we first see Jedi. And some of that just has such a nice flavor to it. That I think that some of the best parts of the score, maybe it's underappreciated. And also, I like that we really get a sense of what Imperial Occupation is like on Jedi. Would I like to live on Jedi? Oh. Well, supposedly it's a cold desert moon. Moon or planet. I'll just say planet. Because it doesn't really define it in the movie. I don't think I'd want to live there. I don't like the cold. If I could stand the cold, I would like to go to Jeddah before the Holy City was destroyed to do some archaeological work. 
because I think that it sounds like it, it's got a lot of fascinating history with the Temple of the Khyber. And as we see from some of the designs, it looks like very old. Um, almost like what you would see in Petra, which is the city. The ancient city where they filmed the final well, scenes in uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. That famous city carved into the stone wall. So archaeologically, I think it would be an amazing place to go if I could stand the cold. But I definitely wouldn't want to live there. But visit, sure. And also, if you notice, Jenna does a lot like Jedi. Now, some of the supplemental materials suggest that no one really knows which word came first. It's a chicken or the egg problem. But this would seem to suggest that the planet Jedi has a very significant connection to the Jedi, and I think we could actually infer that from the movie. With the fact that you can find lots of kind of crystals there, and also that there seem to be giant statues of Jedi that were once standing. All in all, I think this planet is a great addition to the Star Wars universe. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Brendan Warren. That noise you're hearing is my ventilator, and thank you for tuning in to Mopprat Wednesday. On page turners, they were not my Star Wars podcast. May the Force be with you.